0: This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's
1: incredible!
0: You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ.
2: And here we go again. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, and I'm your host, TJ. And you've already heard one half of the triumvirate that is here this evening. Hack Guy, Pat, how's it going? I I see you made it back from your vacation.
0: Yes, uh, we picked blueberries, we picked cherries, we picked all the fruit in Michigan, we drank the beer, we went to the beach, and... Did you go antiquing? No, we didn't go antiquing. That was not a thing we did today. We did walk around some downtown areas, cutesy little downtown areas. Most of the fix- vacation was spent up in the UP with the Bears and the Hardy people, um, but then today we came down across the Mackinac Island Bridge and uh, and kind of rode the the loop down Lake Michigan. So saw some small towns. A couple of them were actually pretty cool.
2: Do you have a big Saturday planned? You're going to go to Home Depot, Bed <laughs> Bath and Beyond. Do you have enough time for that?
0: We'll have to see. I think the Red Stars play Saturday, so we're going to have to prepare for that, TJ.
2: Well, we, I am gonna have to prepare for that because that is Saturday night. Um and you heard giggling in the background at all this. We we found him I he was out checking conspiracies, I think, but we gotta we gotta check in on that. Chris, how's it going? Welcome back.
1: It's all right,
2: thank you. I I assume and you're, you're welcome in a,
1: for,
2: for, for, I for me you're, joining. You're, I I assume you're in a happy mood today. I mean you got an Arsenal win. I'm not really sure Liverpool gave two craps, but you got a win. There is that,
1: yeah. Yeah, I was uh, I was not expecting that. I um, had uh, uh, kind of bashed Arsenal uh, earlier in the day for essentially uh, ending their season and uh, you know going down in a very Arsenal-y fashion. But um, we- uh, the hope that kills you—we're still in the running for Europe, <laughs> and, and if if the referees hadn't cheated us uh, against Leicester and we had bothered to simply score some goals on that shitty Spurs team the other day, we would be in fourth place right now. Yep. It's ridiculous how. um, Yep. Even with the the predicted
0: Man City uh, being in the Champions League next year because things magically got overturned. It was that close. It was that close to fourth place. It was right there on the table and they did not take it.
2: Yeah. So – and we – I, I was going to start somewhere, but let's start there. Man City had their – had their UEFA ban overturned. Now, there are people you, – you, you, you hear the school of thought of, well, they didn't need to – or that just shows the financial fair play didn't work and anything. I heard – everything I've read is it was overturned on the technicality because it was over five years ago. Did I miss something in that, or is this really showing uh, that financial fair play is a joke? But My I thought it was Blair this plays a joke TJ. It's well it, 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 it is. That's
0: the bottom line. Like it, it's they they're inflating the value of that sponsorship because that sponsorship comes from the same people that own the company which is the you know the the emirate um, of the UAE the, the people in charge of, of that <clears throat> of Etihad. Uh they're they're overvaluing it. They are taking in far more money than say Manchester United, which I think is a pretty comparable team, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they're cheating. And they yeah. know they're cheating, and UEFA now knows they're cheating, and UEFA doesn't seem to care. So,
2: Well, it's, um, not, U- it's not UEFA doesn't care, because UEFA is the one that hit him with the Right, ban. They, they, it, they punished it. It was the it was court for it. arbitration of sport yes, that said, exactly. who cares? It's, the bottom line
0: is, it, it's dead. And I, 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 I wonder how hard UEFA actually... Protests this stuff I, I i don't know honestly i don't know if if it's something that it's they're just putting up a symbolic fight or if they actually do care i don't know but i do know that if chelsea is getting a transfer ban for doing something far less than what clearly man city and and also paris saint germain are getting away with um or have gotten away with it's ridiculous to me
2: yeah i, I and it, it is absurd and i and I did understand why it was, but everything I had read was because it was over five years ago. That was why they they overturned the ban. Not necessarily because they they cheated. It's like basically sure, because the, they, they wrote it. Sure. Have not done this in the last two years? Yeah. Well, you yeah. gotta you, you gotta you gotta find it, and and UEFA. Let's face it, UEFA needs a German newspaper to go find it. Now, there's a problem in and of itself, but you know, so that's kind of where at. Chris, what do you think? I mean, is this? Is this the way? Just the way the future is? How it's going to be? If you're, I, if you're Chelsea I think or this PST, was,
1: yeah, I, I think this was the end of. Um, frankly, I think this is kind of the beginning of the end of football, soccer in Europe, um, and and maybe you could say then the world. Now there was always an, an element of, no, no, you you laugh. But it's like, always
0: worst case scenario with you.
1: Oh, eh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> my my point is. My point is that you know, there, there was always an element of the rich just ruled it. Um, but now you're talking about there's essentially no holds barred. I mean, there's – there's what what's to stop anyone at this point? Which means it's just going to be the battle of who has the rich owner who's willing to spend whatever they want. And Real Madrid kind of always skated by on that, but, you know, there was – I don't know, there was an element of reality to it at least, I guess you could say, that Spain didn't have, besides Barcelona, much competition for them, and they could just play for Champions League and stuff. England I, I, didn't quite have that. Now they have, essentially, a government sponsoring a team. Like, what you know what, What's though? to stop them from just buying whatever the hell they want?
0: Here's what I'll tell you, Chris. When Aliko Dengote... Buys arsenal next year from Stan <laughs> and spends insane amounts of money to help us get back to the champions league and, and success we won't be complaining if, if it happens uh i'll enjoy it i still think
1: it's
2: it's a bad move um i i think that chris are you saying you're a fan of stan kronke is that where we're going with this <laughs> secretly you like stan kronke
1: i will never ever ever
2: ever say something like that even as a joke
1: um fuck that man to death uh no the my, my point is just that if you have now governments effectively owning teams you're now you're not talking about like a billionaire anymore you're talking about effectively unlimited resources supporting an individual team that's not a game anymore and and then you know and we we'll, we'll get into this but when they can now sub more people
2: they can just buy even more people it, and it's, it's and i was going to say and that's an excellent way to transition out of this chris so we so we don't really get down that rabbit hole too far to kind of move it forward the IAFB today announced that they're at least through the 2021 20, season they're going to continue with the rules that are in place now the the hydration break in each half a minimum of one And then up to five substitutions with three stoppages during play. Uh, Halftime subs apparently don't count. I learned that yesterday the hard way. Um, But so the five subs, the complaint is the the top teams are at an advantage because they have deeper benches. Yeah. I'm not always sure about that, but is this a good idea, a bad idea? How do you guys where do you guys come down on this one? Other, other than it's inevi- it was inevitable once I, it was in place. I, I,
1: I suppose sure once, once it was brought back for this, it was inevitable to stay. I, I, I understand it for something like this where they've had you know, a few months off and you're bringing them back just to play for basically a month and they're more likely to have injuries like happens at the beginning of the season. But they're all playing for a spot, so they're going to be playing harder than they do at the beginning of the season. So, you know, I, I understand some of this. But to just be here for good now, honestly, I would rather have three subs remain. But, like, those players could come – like, if you want to do something like this, I would rather have – that a player can come off and come back on one time than to – can now have five players. Because now what? You're going to see City, PSG, Real – Barcelona, probably teams like Man U because you know they're kind of back into these things again. Um, I shouldn't even say kind of. <laughs> they didn't. They never stopped. They just didn't spend correctly. Uh, Liverpool is is pretty well spent uh, their their uh, their dime. Um, you're just going to see them now have 16 players that are better than everyone else's 11.
2: And I and I guess I you know what I, I see I see the point in that, but at the same time, as a, from a fan's perspective, I still think this is a good thing. And I'm a, and the reason why I say that is because the, you get to the end of games when teams are gassed, especially the ones that are defending their tails off and trying to hold on. It gets crappy. It gets it. The game just isn't doesn't flow as well. Yeah. When you interject new, more life into the game, you're now basically changing up to half the field between the two teams. You get yeah. you get a little bit higher excitement. I mean, I, and you look at these M, the MLS's back games. You look at some of these Premier. You actually see action going on in the 75th, 80th minute. You don't see just bomb the ball and wait for the other team to go chase down and come back. You see some actual play later into the game. And, and yeah, I get it. The games you're now with these wa- hydration breaks and all these subs. You're seeing eight, nine minutes added. I guess I don't care. I mean, it, to me, that's almost it. To me, it was fun. So the, the one thing
1: like, yeah, with I, I don't I think the eight, and nine minute um, extra time thing is bullshit. I, like, just stop the clock. If it's an
0: even break for everyone, just stop the clock. I agree. I don't think we need to. We, we don't have watches with hour hand and a minute hand on our referees anymore. We, yeah. we have the ability to stop the clock. And so quite frankly, fine.
1: why is that even down to the referee anymore? Like we're now we're, we're taking calls away from them. Why don't we take
2: time maintenance
1: away from them?
2: You know, I'd like to remind you at this point that I'm a referee. Do you really want the, the balance of a game in my hands? So let's just start there. <laughs> so so you're saying, Chris, essentially, at least with the hydration breaks break specifically, stop the clock. Yeah, it's an even break for everyone. Just stop it. Who
1: cares? agree. There, to me, there's just no
0: value in letting it run.
1: If, if everyone has to stop, to stop the game anyway, for the same amount the, yeah. of time,
0: no one's getting a benefit from it. If you're arguing that the uh, you're you're blowing up the uh, the you know the feel of the game or the rules of the game, stopping it for a hydration break is doing that. Stopping yeah. the clock isn't a big deal at that point. Who cares? It's just two minutes of guessing game that we don't have to add on the end of the game.
2: And, and, and that's and that's a fair point. And Pat, you said something before we hit before we started recording here that you thought that subs you, that you felt. Yes. Instead I, I of having. It, go ahead. Go ahead and throw that one out. So there.
0: I, I feel like a good compromise here is I love the five subs thing because I feel like it just gives more players a chance to play. And, you know, it, it, it makes it uh, less likely that there's if there's a head injury, you might uh, you might pull somebody with you know five subs rather than three subs because it doesn't hurt you as much so there's you know better hopefully better uh, concussion maintenance and that sort of thing but um, in order to make sure that the flow of the game is intact <clears throat> if you're going to have halftime and you're going to have hydration breaks make your subs there they don't count does they count as subs but it doesn't matter if you're going to take a stoppage of play sub you only get two so you could do as many as you want during those breaks, but you only get two of those now instead of three because the third, is, in theory, has been taken up by the hydration break. So make a sub at halftime, not a big deal. Make a sub during the hydration break, not a big deal. Otherwise, you get two two windows to make your subs instead of three. I think it would um, ensure that the flow of the game is still there. It still looks like soccer, and yet we can you know let players get some water and hundred degree day or <clears throat> something like that. And apparently the, the heat avoid the heat in Orlando from
1: sub chain sub at the, yeah. at the end of the game.
0: And the, exactly. Chris. Yeah. I, like you're sending out a player for 30 seconds just to get the sub going to waste time. That helps eliminate some of that. So, but yeah, the the hydration rate, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I mean, the, the, the players are saying that the, the morning games in Orlando are absolutely atrocious. So, um, the evening games are a little bit cooler, but the, the 9 a.m eastern eight central game is a swamp because they're playing it in one
2: so and and the fire at least they had the two they had two hydration breaks in there and and i didn't pay attention closely in the second half maybe you did but in the first half the first hydration break was exactly that it was one minute no no instruction grab some water and get back out there and play and the second one was the uh, i guess for lack of a better term traditional one of you get a little bit of coaching, you get basically a three-minute break. And like I said, I, I feel that's there to stay because you can do some side-by-side commercials or you can do put a quick commercial break in there. I think I that's mean. the
0: ultimate goal here, yes, is to let the TV partners throw a commercial in there. And you and know Fox is going to be... Fox will underproduce everything, but they are always the first one to jump <laughs> in the commercial but, opportunity.
2: But and let, let me throw this question, though. Yes, it is there. It's a money grab, which... Ultimately, as much of it as it annoys the crap out of all of us, it helps the game in the sense of eventually as some some of it does trickle down to players, so on and so forth. Now that said, does it improve the quality of the game? Because again, it's a break in the game. The energy afterwards picks up as opposed to continues to just on that downward trend of drain of drained as they get tired.
0: It's weird
2: after the hydration break though, because sometimes they
0: do get an energy boost, but sometimes it, it looks sloppy. Like they're. Yeah. It breaks the flow. Up, mentally so things have to start over like any. Yeah. It's a mental thing more than it, it. So it's physically probably a boost. It's mentally probably not because then you're like, okay. Cause sometimes when you're running, it's like when you're running, longest, it breaks up. Like, yeah. It breaks. Exactly. So. Um, in that sense, I, I, it, it changes the game quite a bit, but it I don't probably see it being benefits. A bad thing.
1: It probably benefits teams that are um, that are screwing up, and hurts teams that are playing well. In the same way that like a, a, a timeout works in a basketball game or something.
0: I also kind of think that if a player is down to the point where medics and stretchers have to come out, you could just call that the hydration break for a half. If Depending on where it falls, they not have. I, I feel like that should be at the refs' discretion, maybe to to keep the game moving. Um,
2: and and I did see some variation of that today with. And when I was watching Roma. The referee was going to check VAR, and it was in that time frame where you can throw the hydration break in. So he sent him on the hybrid hydration break when he went to check VAR. That's so, a great
0: idea. Yeah, that's exactly the type of intelligence you'd be hoping for in a referee it's, the point should be to keep it moving it should not be a long period of time and if you can build it into something else an injury or or a var check do it
2: again again pat i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna refer back to this the standard of refereeing cannot be high i have a, i hold a license as a referee so expecting intelligent decision making come on what are you seriously what are you expecting here that's probably fair so that said, so you, you okay. mentioned. here, Go ahead, here, Chris. You,
1: you, you you want a conspiracy? And yes. I, I'm not it's suggesting I believe this. It just, it's it's a funny uh, line of thinking to me. Are they doing all this because it draws attention away from the fact that they completely fucked VAR and haven't fixed it? It's
0: not as screwed up around the world as it is in England. Oh yeah, no, the, the rest of the world kind of fixed it. I feel like MLS they've, they've been doing, a doing it a all right. Job with it. I like Germany. I think they do an okay job with it. I don't dare watch Italy because I'm sure that they found a way to. It's just uh, as corrupt as the rest. Of the use game. it for corruption
2: purposes. They already
1: but, had VAR. You just didn't know it.
2: You know, and and I will speak because I do watch, I watch Roma as much as I can on on ESPN plus and Italy runs kind of wrong lines of Germany and MLS. It it is, it's the clear, they seem to use the threshold of clear and obvious. If it's not like England where your nose hair is offside, so it's offside, unless, unless, uh, except if it's good. I was going to say, unless it's going to hurt Liverpool or Man United or somebody that they want to push through. So, but Pat, I think you're, I think you're right. I think, I feel like MLS in Germany, Italy, they've, they've got it right when they it's the threshold is almost clear and obvious and it has to look that way before they're going to use the overturn. And I, and I feel like in England, when you see them go to VAR, you wonder what the hell's going on. I feel like if it's Germany, Italy, and MLS, you already know know that there's a really good chance they're going to overturn it.
0: Yeah, you already know. It's just like, oh, good, they're getting it right. With, with England, it's like San Jose one four three 4-3, you guys. <laughs> because why wouldn't they? <laughs> Shea Salinas goal, 90 plus 9.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. And this All game right. was 3-1 to one in about the 75th minute, give or take. So this that was, puts
0: San Jose on four points in group B and Vancouver correct. on zero. So it'd be San Jose four fire, three uh, Sounders one, one Vancouver zero.
2: Correct. Right and the fire in Vancouver. So the fire have a longer break before they play Vancouver on Saturday night, just like they did against Seattle. So it, it does play to their benefit in that sense Um, or Sunday night. Sorry. The red stars are Saturday night. The fire are Sunday yep. night. Now the thing with San Jose, and I'm I'm gonna start. I'm gonna kick this one over. Do we want to recap the Seattle game first, or do we want to kind of go into San Jose a little bit?
0: I think it makes sense to talk about the game that already happened more than the game that right, happened first. If we're doing if we're doing them both, I think we should go in chronological order. But
2: yeah, what? It, no, that's a that's a good point. And now Chris will fiend interest for a little bit. So kind of kind of <laughs> move this forward. because I don't know if he watched the game on uh, from yesterday. Um, The fire surprised. I think everybody, except maybe you Pat with a two, I've been
0: telling you, man,
2: you, you have, and I haven't disagreed. I've been letting you go with
0: this. The The thing to understand here is that this is not the same owner. This is not the same. There's lots of new people running it. It's the new sporting director. It's a new coach, It's new assistant coaches. It's new. It's a new uh, trainer new uh director of performance uh there's new scouts this is not the same team this is not the same organization there's a few guys left but this is not the let's you know let's they they always spent money in the past on the field they just didn't spend money on off the field for the players this this organization is spending tons of money on research and on the weight room and the player facilities and all kinds of stuff. Like it's a, it's a quality operation now. And you can tell on the, you can tell by the people they're bringing in um, on the field and and the level of professionalism in the past, not only would Mauricio Pineda not be starring, he probably wouldn't even be here. They wouldn't have gotten it done. And not only did the new guard convince him, Hey, your brother didn't have the best experience here, but we want it to be a good experience for you. Uh, we're a new, you know, a new organization, a new team. Come give us a, come sign with us. They got him to sign and he's been, you know, a starter in the first two games before the COVID break. And then he, I, I, I told you people that he was good. Raphael Wiki singled him out as the best player in training. He's scoring for midfield. He's scoring Galazzo's in, in, training games and then he scored the winner yesterday on top of an assist and a bunch of stout defensive plays cuz we're talking about a center back here um a center back who can play mean midfield if you need him to he's good and this team is pretty good barrett scored again um they have so many offensive options now that that they ran the 352 so that barrett and cj could play alongside each other because Apparently, they're not thinking that Ali is ready. Like, they they, they they have a lot of... Uh, Georgie Mahalovich came off the bench. Georgie Mahalovich wouldn't have come off the bench last year if they could have avoided it. So, like, they have a lot of quality in this team. And uh, I think it showed yesterday. But, same time, Seattle was playing on three and a half days rest in a weird summer tournament at Walt Disney World at 9 a.m. Eastern time. So... But in anybody, it anomaly, but I don't think
2: so. I, I don't, because you said that, and I believe it might've been in the last week's show. It might've been in the previous one before that. The last time we talked about the fire, you had mentioned that with that Seattle, when, or it might've been even just been text messages. I apologize if that was, but it was, you had said talking about Seattle, if they played Seattle, it was when they, when Seattle beat the fire in the opener, look how many players have come in subsequent of quality versus what was on the field in that opening game. And you said, this is going to be a different game. And you, I think in our conversation expected a result. I think you were thinking more of a draw than a win, but you didn't, I don't think I was it was, supr- it I don't think it was draw. a yeah. surprise. I wrote, on,
0: I wrote it. I wrote a piece on hot time, actually, like the reasons why I felt like the fire would be fine in group B. Um, and I, I did feel like, Group B is a tougher uh, draw than Group A, and you can see that because the two teams in Group A have already gone through. But um, I did think that Group B was going to be tougher than Group A, but I still think the Fire are going to advance. And the two reasons I gave on Seattle specifically were Seattle was going to be on quick turnaround. Seattle was the first team to play its second game, and that was in the Fire's first game. And the Fire had the advantage of having a tune-up game against Minnesota before that. And then the second reason being, that the fire played Seattle really, really tight in the opener, and the only issue for the fire was that Brant Bronico was kind of stuck defending Jordan Morris on an island a few times, and one of those times he beat him. And then the the the, the goal they gave up to Bronico or to uh, to Jordan Morris in extra time was just sloppy defending. It wasn't even Bronico's fault that time, from what I could read, but. Um, that's the issue. Like, and you since then have added a boatload of key players and they've gotten to train together. Like we had players show up right before that game, right after that game, um, that haven't gotten to play together. They're clicking now. So they were smoking Seattle or smoking, uh, Minnesota when they called that game off at halftime. And so it, it's a. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're going to win the tournament. I think it'd be crazy to think that they're that good, but they got a
2: chance. Well, and and the one goal and let's face it, the goal they gave up against Seattle the other you know the other day what, yesterday was Jordan Morris. beat Pineda. He beat he. Made it, but right. I've looked at that. I've looked at that re, on replay and again and again to see what happened. Sometimes good teams just make a good play. And Jordan, Jordan Morris, Morris is just a really good player. And Pineda was, Pineda was in his back pocket. He beat him. He made a great cross. And the goal itself, he was the defender. I forget who was defending. I don't want to say it. It was Navarro, I think, or Sekulik. Whoever was marking on the back post was on him. And the thought was, well, maybe he should have been inside him defending. And then it was. Well, then he just sneaks behind him, and it's even more open than it was.
0: Right. Sometimes, sometimes you just can't nitpick to the point of, of it's no. it's ridiculous to just. Yeah, it's sometimes the other team just made a great play. The,
2: ch- the change in Calvo was not an issue in this case because P- uh, Pineda kept Morris on side. It, it just it was a good play by a great by by a t- one of the top players in MLS. He was U.S. Soccer's player of the year last year. He can play even in support, you know, but by and large, he didn't. Do a ton, and to even go a step further, Seattle possessed almost sixty percent. But was it? Did they? But when you looked at the end of the at the end of the stats at the end of the game, the Fire had more chances, more chances on goal. This game was really a lot more wide. Uh, it was like the Fire were content to let Seattle have the ball in the back third, mid, in the back, and maybe in the middle third. And when I'm they gonna came, repost. Go ahead. I'm going
0: to repost a piece. It was the second or third piece I wrote for Hot Time back in okay. like the first week of January. I did an analysis of every Champions League game that Wiki coached at Basel. And his preferred form was typically that 3-5-2. Kind of a f- uh, 5-3-2 defending 3-5-2 going forward. And his teams almost never dominated possession. Now that's a function of Basel going against Manchester United and Manchester City and that sort of thing. But he was able to win games against Man United, against Man City in the Champions League um with a team that did not dominate possession. So, but they did create lots of chances. Um I guess maybe you're seeing that with the fire. And I, I don't I I don't expect Wiki said at the beginning of the year that it's like one of his goals is to um, possess the ball more than the other team. So I don't think that that's a, something he's really going for, but against Seattle, it might be, you know, like it's a really good team, not San Jose. And I don't know what San Jose is after tonight, but um, maybe San Jose is, is okay. We're going to find out, but uh, uh, I I don't know that that will look the same against them.
2: I, I guess what, what I watched in the game, and you probably watched a little closer than I did, was when, when Seattle possessed, the fire were content to let them possess, especially when they were not in a, in a dangerous position. When it was on the, their half of the field, the fire seemed content. And I, I recall in the first half, Twelman getting a little t- tweaked sitting there saying about the fire, oh, they're not, they're not possessing. When the, fire, they're deliberate, when the fire had possession, yeah, they were deliberate. But when they possessed, they possessed for a while versus trying yeah. to rush the field and leaving themselves open to the counter. It was a deliberate, especially in the first half. And to me, that seemed, and I felt like as I was watching, I'm going, why would you be rushing to build counter when the counterattack doesn't seem to be there when it's swamp level, uh, you know, swamp, swassy level right. of heat? It's almost it's also, like they were, they yeah. were content to build, build into the game, possess deliberately, specifically in the first half with the idea of being fresher, in the second half
0: and it's there's a very um wiki's got a very strong theory that you're all working for each other and if if one of your teammates makes a mistake they had better be the the one busting back the hardest to win the ball back but we all have to we all have to pick up the slack we all have to to you know work as a like a unit Whereas the old fire days, it seemed like half the time it was, let's see if Katai can create something one v one if we hit him on a switch. Like it's this is a this there's a lot more this is a lot more deliberate and a lot more um, total team oriented play, and like the the players are raving about like you hear CJ Sapong talk or. Jonathan Bornstein the other day, just raving about how hard they've been working and, and how excited they are to show what they've implemented. And so maybe this was an anomaly. Maybe they caught Seattle at a bad time, but I don't think so. You could see it in the team in the first two games before the COVID hiatus and they didn't have all the pieces together and now they do. So,
2: so let let me throw another and a lot of the talk post-game is, was about Barrich, of course, because Barrich's goal was filthy. It was a thing of beauty. It was awesome. And Pineda, like you said, stout defending, scores the winner. What about the performance of one guest on Jimenez? And how much harder it is to get through the center of the park against the fire now?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like people can't beat him five out of ten times in a 1v1. Joke. It, Joke there. Way throwback joke. Um, He's, he is, I I talked to a guy who writes for a publication in Argentina recently, and he said, uh, of the two guys they signed from Argentina, Gaston Jimenez is an absolute beast, a great person, a great teammate, a great leader, everything you want in a number six, like absolute stud, star number six, and you will love him, and he'll score you goals sometimes too. He said, uh, "Ignacio Alacena is young and exciting and fast and will score you some goals too." But he definitely wasn't as enthused about Alacena, and I don't know that the coaching staff is either. He didn't. He didn't play. Going back, double check. No, he didn't get in. So he hasn't gotten in the game yet. Although he's nineteen now, twenty. Uh, got to Chicago like a day before the New England game, the, the last one before the COVID break. They weren't going to play him in that. I'm not totally shocked that they didn't play him in this. Um, if we don't see him at all in the first three games, I will be surprised. So um, hopefully that it's just they're letting a really, really young kid with talent. Slowly grow into that, and it's just not that they've given up on him. I don't think they have so.
2: No, I and, and I don't and I don't think you give up on a kid. that's 19 or 20 years old, especially when you, you... Lay down the amount of money they did to get him My point was more, especially like just focused on Jimenez in that game. It was they when Seattle was pushing through that part when they got to the, his point of the field. They get through occasionally, obviously, but it wasn't as easy, and it wasn't setting up in positions where they had these dynamite scoring opportunities necessarily.
0: Right. It's not just because of his physicality; he's really smart. It's it's he strikes me as a really smart player, so he seems to be they can make that look effortless by being in the right spot at the right time, rather than always trying to recover for your mistakes. So I, I think that, you know, I think this dude's going to be good. Um, I think he's shown that already. So yes. And it's, in we should point out that Pineda played that role before Jimenez got there in the first Seattle game at the beginning of the year, Pineda did a pretty good job, but then now you have Jimenez playing that role with Pineda in behind him. Makes it that much Wait, better. So,
2: and to even caveat off of that, um my you know my you, we've talked about on the show, and anybody who knows me or has follow follow my Twitter feed or the minivan dad Twitter feed, my older brother has a is not a big fan of Calvo. Fine, it is what it is. What he mentioned was having Pineda in the center of the, that back three or five, depending on how it is, forces Calvo over a little bit, and he said that's the best position Calvo is going to be in. So, by having Jimenez. Allowing in that position allows Pineda to come back puts Calvo in a better spot to succeed. And frankly, until he cramped up, he was, he, I had no issues with the way Calvo played against, in, against Seattle. I think he left, I think he had one bad spell in there, but by and large, he was fine. And when, you, when especially when you're talking about your defense, you don't want to be calling their name a lot. Cause that means you're usually doing something wrong. Yeah. And, but no. And, and so that whole thing, tells me a lot about wiki setting people up for success and then like i said having jimenez now in the position you have Pinedo puts Paneda in a better position which puts calvo in a better position and it sets up well apparently for the for wiki's first win against the defending champs so yeah all right
0: go ahead he's i think the world discovered that he's he's a handsome man too
2: yeah we talked about that did we i i The world, a Northside hipster is that what we kind of figured? Wrigleyville, Lincoln Park. There was somebody
0: cracked the joke that he makes his own artisan mayo. Somebody cracked the joke that he um, will offer you a artisan vape. Um, He he definitely looks the part of a hipster. I feel like it's kind of just a—he's a Swiss guy, so he's got the I speak sixteen different languages. Uh, excuse me, that my Spanish isn't fluent, but it's still better than you, American. Um, but he's also got that—he's uh, got a his wife from California, and he, I think he kind of really enjoyed his short stay at Chivas USA um, when he was a player. He so might have been the he, he
2: only—he might have been the only one, yeah. by the way.
0: <laughs> that team was good. We talked about that. That team that he was on was really good, but um, he's got a California vibe about him too. So it's not all artisan Mayo, but I can definitely appreciate the joke.
1: Artisan Mayo.
2: <laughs> that was, that was a joke. Yeah, that was, I, I did appreciate I, I that remember. one.
0: It was somebody I don't know that tweeted it, but it was amazing. It went around. So
2: I, I picked it up off black fires and yeah, that was yeah. It Cracked It cracked me up when I saw it. So, so San Jose wins a crazy game tonight. They're sitting three. on they're sitting yeah. on four points right now. Fire get them Sunday night. Again, San Jose's on a shorter turnaround than the Fire. So, now the only yep. issue with San Jose is they they play a man-to-man marking scheme versus zonal marking and it, it's it, weird too the way they do it. It's just so weird to watch.
0: Just constant pressing, man-to-man all over the place, shadowing your guy every time you don't have the ball. It's it's you don't see it a lot
2: no anymore you, you, you don't well, and that's and that's what and that was always and i believe even going into the fire game that's what they figured was seattle had issues with it because of it's this kooky scheme and then they ter- the, and then i think it was twelman said they should be better suited because they're against the fire and the fire play more normal and then the fire beat them so it's goes to show you that that kooky scheme. Either it was either Seattle maybe isn't as good as we thought, or there's something to that. I'm not. I'm not really sure. I, I I'm not going to pretend to understand. I get. I, I. And here's the next question: Is who benefits from the fact that the firehead got switched at the last minute? Does it benefit the fire more that they they're an unknown quantity? They really are an unknown quantity because of how many players have even changed over since the beginning of the season. Or do the other the other teams because I mean. Where's the benefit out of that?
0: Uh, I felt like it maybe wasn't as bad as people were thinking it would be because what Wiki said is he doesn't prepare the players for the games beyond the first game anyway. So all he had to do, he's like, my staff has been looking at all of this and coming up with ideas, but he's like, we prepare the players for the first game and then when that's over, we start preparing them for the second game. So from a player standpoint, it just switched and it was it, it's not been a big deal. If anything, maybe it is an advantage for them because all the other teams now had to prepare for the fire. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's that it's, I don't think it's that huge of a deal, honestly, um,
2: the way he made it sound. So, okay, fair enough. And okay. So Saturday Sunday night, we got the fire in San Jose. You got a prediction for this one. What do you think? Predictions that if you're using this to go to Vegas and try and make some money on it, this might be the poorest choice you make in your life. So make good life choices. This is for entertainment purposes only.
0: This is a San Jose team that beat the fire for nothing last year off four Chris Wondolowski goals. Was it? Am I right about this? That that sounds right. It it was, it was the nightmare. I can remember it being, he scores Um, an
1: MLS, he scores an MLS,
0: but when you need him to score in the
2: 2014 (laughs) world cup, from six yards out, he puts now, it over the ball. Now, now that all said, I believe that was a game Schweinsteiger did not play and Calvo was absolutely abused by Wando last Yeah, That is correct. Yes. Yes. Calvo so,
0: was abused by Wando as bad as Clint Dempsey abused Calvo in the Costa Rica-USK game at Soldier Field, when one of the times when Chris took a bust down from the highbury. Um, yeah, Calvo was not good in that game. Calvo was also very new to the fire then too so um i i think oh god i have this thing where i don't want to pick the fire publicly because i feel like it's you know what I, I think the fire are gonna win the game
2: okay you gotta know, score three, you gotta to, score. One. three, to, three one. to one yeah i was actually kind of thinking the same thing um maybe two to one but i could, well, i'm gonna say two and a half to one we're gonna go somewhere in between on that one
0: that Couldn't sounds quit- like a score that won't
2: happen it it absolutely will not happen, but, um, and I don't know if there's an over under. So, Chris, do you got a prediction there? I know you've been you finally unmuted yourself, so you figured that button. Out. <laughs>
1: um, I'm gonna say a two two draw.
2: Okay. And I don't and know it, like,
1: which just... <laughs> team I actually believe is any good.
0: And and tournament is I don't know that it matters. It, yeah, it there's that too. It's just it, weird. actually
1: what time what time of day is the game this is Uh, the night game
2: this is the night game
0: okay i'll go with two two this is the one the fire are doing a pretty cool thing where they're having a drive-in theater at soldier field where you can go watch the game which i kind of want to do but then i have to be on we we talked to the wiki and the players on a zoom call after and i've already had an issue with this once trying to do this on a boat from uh the mainland of Michigan to Mackinac Island while on vacation. Uh, once this week, I had an issue trying to get in on that call, so I'm not going to fail again. So I probably won't go to the the drive-in theater, but I want to. So, but you know what? If you go to that, even if you're you know trying to jump on the call, it you, there's either going to be a cell issue, or you're going to have some park district employee wrapping on your window trying to get you out of the lot or maybe they won't because they want to rack up some overtime. I don't know, but um, I will watch that one from home.
2: All of, so which, can, all of which, by the way, all of which are very valid and very true points for anybody who's been down to Soldier Field and dealt with the Park District or dealt with Monterey Security and the Green Gestapo or whoever's running security down there. These are all definite possibilities. Can I tell now,
0: you, let me tell a quick story here, TJ. This is, okay.
2: this is a funny story.
0: So I'm at the mls all-star game the one that was at soldier field so what was this 2018 sounds right is that right 17 or 18 um so the park district the chicago park district this goes back to my government reporting days controls the traffic within the waldron deck and the south lot if you're parked at soldier field they control the flow of the traffic in the lots and they generally they're these like older guys that kind of remind you of the Bears Superfans, like bill sworsky is probably a park district uh employee there they generally do a good job the second you get on the street it is then controlled by an organization called oemc this is like the wild west so <laughs> i get i pull out of the lot Uh, for the All-Star game. I'm one of the first cars out because my son was littler at the time and he wasn't feeling well that day. So we're one of the first cars out and the Park District guys get me out and I get out onto the street and the guy who's doing the cones out on the street did not line them up to the cones that were coming out of the parking lot. So... I get to his line of cones and there's a dead end and he's got it blocked off. The same exact line from one government agency to the other goes from free flowing to blocked off. And he's like, there's nothing I can do. So I ran over his cones because I can't handle stupidity and bad government. Did you yell?
1: That's what you do.
0: I did yell something at him. I don't remember what it was.
2: I'm guessing it's words that probably should not be. Repeated no, I, in front
0: I don't. Of it was. I remember it being because I remember my son laughing. It wasn't. It was something I would be willing to yell in front of a child. So it wasn't that bad. But I don't remember <laughs> what it was. I wish I did. But just just the sheer stupidity. And this is the one of the things that that we deal with a little bit in in Bridgeview with because Monterey is just a whole other issue. Uh, but at Soldier Field as beautiful as a venue as that is you're dealing with like so many different agencies that got their piece of the pie when that thing was re- redone and most and of them don't care to work hard or do a good job so
2: as to, as i always say when the mothership landed on classic soldier field yes there's that um so the fight and, and the fire doing that that drive-in the, which it, which it looks it sounds like a really cool idea and it again, looks it's, like if it was yeah. If it's not a Sunday night, it, I'd probably be a little more interested, but it is a Sunday night, and I'm so...
0: I would but, 100% be there if I wasn't working did you see, the game, Did you
2: see the one... Now, they're using the parking deck. They're not using the actual stadium. Did you see New Correct, England yeah. actually had cars they on the did. stadium for... Yeah, I, now that
0: Tommy and Gronk are gone, it's uh, it's you can just drive in
2: the field now, I guess. Well, they also have fake grass versus trying to actually put turf where it really doesn't fair. belong. So fair. So that you can get away with that a little bit more. and But it, it looked really cool to do, and I, I it was cool, cool to see New England do it. It looks It's cool that the Fire are doing it, that they're trying to. So, Chris, I know you haven't watched as much as Pat and I have, but what's your overall impression of the MLS's back tournament? I mean, how do you guys feel about the blue wall? How do you guys feel about sponsorship everywhere? I mean, just the games in general. <laughs>
1: the, the sponsorship is ridiculous.
2: Um, I, I know that
1: they've got
0: some make goods to do. <laughs> That's what's going on there. One or two, like, one or two will I, say, <laughs> I mean, and, and like part of me, part of me has to knock
1: say Adidas on this too. And I'm, I'm pretty brand loyal to them. I, I, I tend to uh, support Adidas pretty heavily. Um, but their history is with the sport. They didn't think it was kind of tacky to put a, a logo as big
2: as the center circle on the field. Are oh, you talking the one the first couple of nights before they shrunk it down and made it reasonable?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, like, they they didn't look at that because I'm sure there were mock-ups and things. They didn't look at that and go like, eh, yeah, maybe not. Like,
2: I don't know. It, it, and it could be one of those that looks fine in mock-ups and so on, and once you see it play out yep. during the game, you see the players and moving around in the, at the speed, you look at it and go, never mind, this is crap.
0: I don't <laughs> think it's particularly bad in the current state it was obnoxious at the beginning and i don't yeah. know if that's a function of the fact
2: that they shrunk it or that i've let myself become used to it <laughs> I, I, and that's one of the things i'll say pat is as i've gotten older here is i the sponsorship and things i've just kind of come to accept that everybody's looking for a new flow of money or another that adidas logo i'm guessing is here to stay you know unless somebody wants to them for it yeah I, it's I, going to be there it could. Because it's super impo- it's digitally added. It's not something the players see, so it doesn't violate FIFA's rules. Um, the added sponsors, like Pat said, I there's a lot of make do's. I will say I, the blue wall, to me, is kind of interesting because of each the fact that you have the make goods on each of the sides that each team has like their own little ad space to put. Yeah, the make good cool. on them. Yeah.
0: yeah, I thought it, that was pretty cool, and I you know what I really enjoy is I, i'm not one of those people who hated the piped in crowd crowd noise i thought it was generally fine and if you like i said in your last show tj when when i'm kind of like the game is on but i'm doing other things it kind of lulls you into this fake sense that that it's a normal game like it, it, it's comforting almost but i really enjoy listening to the players scream at each other i really enjoy listening to the coaches yelling like, I, I know that it sounds different and it sounds like a training session. It sounds like a unprofessional event. But I like hearing the different languages and and, and listening to who's communicating with who. And, and I, I think it's pretty cool. When the throat kick happened, what game was that? Was it the opener? It sounds like, in, now yeah. I can't even remember. Somebody got kicked in the throat. That was the opener.
2: The it was the opener. it was uh, yeah. yeah, it was. Dom Dwyer decided even, to throw chop somebody. Yes, it was Dwyer. That oh, yeah, yeah. Of course it was.
0: Uh, <laughs> his arm again. I forgot no about that. ever
2: done about that?
0: Um, the guy who got hit for Miami sounded like the grape stomp lady of TV news fame when she... <laughs> it's, it's, there's this clip on YouTube. Search grape stomp lady if you don't know. This woman is doing a live shot at a... Vineyard and they're doing like foot Stomping of grapes like it's France In the 1800s And uh, she says Stop and then she tries to get a last few pumps In and then she falls Forward out of the grape Bucket uh, off of The platform and on live television Lands on her throat and she Starts making this <laughs>
2: if, and if you need a modern example just try to give a dog a pill. You'll hear the same type of sounds. Honestly, <laughs> that
0: was the uh, that was the noise that came out of the field mics during that time. So that was a little concerning. Um, and I do when when the players are clearly swearing, and I kind of wish I could just hear the swearing. Um, but overall, I think having the field mics open and on is is cool, and I think it was a good choice. Like, let's embrace the fact that this is different rather than try to pretend it isn't
2: versus and 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 i and I, I generally agree with that as a premise just because they're not trying to put a fake crowd in like they do in spain they're not trying to do anything like that the cgi it's like... crowd is ridiculous <laughs> i think the tarps that the premier league does
0: are pretty sweet it's a but, way they... of making it look colorful and decorative without
2: you the know, cardboard the cardboard cutouts I think are cool. Those were fine. Yeah. Like those are I, I, they're they're gonna show up they've shown up uh Phoenix Rising had them Saturday night because they uh er, they're not gonna have crowds in Arizona for a little bit. No, we'll switch to that in a second. Um in England they look fine. It raises usually some money for charity, some foundation, which that to me is fine. Um the blow-up dolls in Korea was an interesting take. Obviously yeah. that hasn't carried over <laughs> that hasn't carried over. I don't
0: have uh, giant
2: strong opinions
0: on any of this stuff like if you want to pipe in fake crowd noise whatever I understand it's fake just don't mix it weird the NWSL did it at the beginning and they had it They had it mixed weird in the first Red Stars game especially I was wearing headphones so I could, There's and it sounded terrible there's a bad way of doing it and if you're going to do it in a bad way don't do it if you do it in a good way I guess it's okay but I, I like the field mics I think they're cool and I if, if we're going to have you know If this is going to be weird and different for a while, let's let's have it be weird and different.
2: Sure. And so MLS is playing all their games in Orlando. Um, I don't know if you've gotten to check any of them out on ESPN Plus or anything. USL is back and they're playing in home stadiums.
0: And yeah, that worries me.
2: It does. Um, Some 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 places, because it all depends on government allowances, have crowds. Some of them don't. Phoenix Rising, like I said, they did not. Um, I watched the opener of whatever family field in Louisville. And and I believe they had half of the crowd full. And the lack of masks, the lack of social distancing, it's got me concerned. And I tend to think at the current rate, if there's not some sort of league stepping over going, hey, knock it off, put a mask on if you're going to do it. Um, I, I watched a little bit of the Colorado Silverbacks. They had a tent. Like a beer tent, and nobody was wearing masks. Everyone was standing close to each other. It's like, this to me is just a bad idea. And I'm going to say this once on this show. And I'll actually, you know what? I'll probably say it a whole bunch more as we go forward. Wear a fucking mask. Period. Beginning, end of story. This isn't hard.
0: So it, today in Michigan,
2: uh, this is a funny story. Today in Michigan,
0: and we're driving along, and there's like these little, you know, the roadside, we sell cherries and other bullshit. And, um, we went to one and there's uh, Michigan is very, very, very mass compliant. The governor put in a statewide order and every place we went to, except one, you had to have one on to enter. This one was the first, one of these first roadside stands we hit, we walk in and there's a sign at the door that said, basically it is not our right to impede on your freedoms. um, Blah blah blah. We don't know if you have a medical condition. You don't have to wear a mask. And the, we walk in, and the work. None of the workers are wearing masks. So I use their bathroom really quick, and then walk right out and go to the one next door and spend my money there because I am tired of tolerating idiots.
2: And that, and that's and that's completely fair. And you know we we've talked about it. All three of us have have children that are younger and. I know if they're going back to school, they have to wear masks. I think we're going to start even as soon as this later in the next few days, into the next week, we're going to start having them wear masks for an extended period. So they're used to it when they do go back to school, if they assuming they go back to school. But you want to solve this shit? Where are the damn masks. Yeah. If
0: my four year old can wear a killed. mask
2: without a problem, you can. Too.
0: My two year old, uh, my two year old. Who knows what they're doing?
2: My two year old wears the damn mask when we when we need her to. And, it's
0: and that's just kind of the thing. Like I think we could have people at games. I think twenty five percent attendance or twenty percent or something along those lines wouldn't be that big of a, of a deal if the entire stadium was open and everyone was wearing masks and everything else. The bathroom doors were propped open and the, the payments for concessions were contactless and and there were rule. Everybody was following the rules. We could do this, but we can't follow the rules. Because there's these morons that feel like their freedoms are being trampled upon.
2: Freedoms. And I, I'm re- and was watching a little bit of the NASCAR All Star Race tonight at Bristol. They allowed thirty thousand fans in. Now before you sit there, go, what the heck? It's three. I think I believe Bristol holds three hundred thousand. So it's really not that many in that sense. But I'm looking at pictures and no nah, masks seem pretty optional, and it's like. You already. Everybody already screwed this up. That's why we're not going to have college football this fall. Anybody who tells you otherwise is is fooling themselves. You had chances to get this right. You didn't. You don't have college football. You want crowds in stadiums? Put the goddamn masks on. It is that simple. So on that note, let's move this one along. Um, Chris, you can probably hit mute again because I'm going to do a quick uh, NWSL part. And I know you haven't been paying attention just because – you haven't been paying attention, so the Red Stars get—they are the sixth seed. They get to play OL Rain on Saturday night. Um, yeah, the,
0: they worked that one well, didn't
2: they? They did, they to, and they to play their
0: entire roster, use the first three games as preseason games, and still manage
2: to be on the opposite side of the bracket from North Carolina. And 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 anybody who's watched any minute of this tournament, North Carolina is a step a step. Two steps ahead of everybody. They are a machine. Now, to be fair, after the after the North Carolina, or I believe it was after um was the game against Utah, Rory had said he's like, you know, we we had they beat us on a set piece after subs, so on and so forth. North Carolina didn't it kind of was reminiscent of what the fire went through the other night, except that North Carolina won the game versus but a lot of possession. Not so some chances, but nothing really dangerous. Yeah, North
0: Carolina did not dominate that game against the Red Stars.
2: No, and, and they, you,
0: they're clearly the best team in the tournament. They like the Red Stars could have won that if they, right, if a bad call or a bounce or whatever, a mistake.
2: Well, they had they had the bad call. I mean, you you could you could have had the red card for the pulling of the shirt. You could have had yeah. a penalty for the slight. And, and everybody says, "Well, the ball was gone." you can't slide from behind and she never touched the ball. She got complete. Kayla, you know, what got tripped. That's yep. a penalty. I, I, and I said it. so that game could, would have been a whole lot different at that point, but yeah, nobody has really since that Washington game, nobody has really broken down that defense and that. So, but that said, yeah, they avoid North Carolina until the final. That worked out perfectly for them. Um, things fell into place that way. Oil rain. I think is was the best possible matchup. I don't think. I think Washington would have been still would have been a challenge to play in the quarterfinals, but they finally got a win in a, in the first game. And I'll tell you, I, I watched in watching the game. I don't know how much of you got to watch that night because you were up in the UP. It was they it was the first game that mattered, and it looked like it was the first game that mattered to them that they played yeah, tight. I saw a good chunk of the game.
0: It, they played yeah.
2: tight. They definitely did, and you know, see Casey get the goal at the end, just awesome. was a thing of beauty. It, it, it was. The cross was perfect. She climbs the ladder, puts it in the side, and that, and that was it. So, And we finally get to see, as I said, the best uniform in soccer. Um, so they get to go to the quarterfinals. They play Saturday night against Oil Rain. I think that'll be – and, again, that, that shapes up – as a favorable matchup, I mean, all rain without Pino, obviously they're not going to be what they are, but it, it's, and again, it'll be at night. So that'll be, it should be a better game other than the first 15 minutes when they have that awful glare as the sun is setting there, but there too, I, the morning games, the heat gets to everybody there and it's, I get, it's a drier heat. It's not like a swamp like Florida, but still those games in Utah got hot too, but you know, it, it's what, where you can play. So Um, all right, Chris, you can unmute now. I think we're, I think we're done with the, with that part of the, part of the show. I don't know. Um, let's get to the end of this, Chris, what do you got? What do you got for final thoughts? We got, we got still the champions league coming up. We've got the end of the premier league. Anything of note for on your end of the world? Well, you know, the one thing
1: we didn't note was that, uh, FIFA announced the world cup dates and times for Qatar, the world cup, um, so it's going to run from the 21st of November until a week before Christmas. But the big thing, the big change, I guess, is that they're talking about playing four games, they're planning to play four games per day in the group stages. And I it, <laughs> yeah, including, gonna, thanks,
2: including Thanksgiving Day.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, whatever. The rest of the world doesn't celebrate it. So, True. Um, but the, the big thing to me is... Because they did this, so like the, I, I put something out from US Fan TV today, but um, according to FIFA, I was wrong. I, I followed what ESPN had tweeted, but FIFA put something out later, so the, their times are a little bit different. According to this, Eastern Time, the games would be at 5 a.m., 8 a.m., 11 a.m., and 2 p.m. Which, okay, 5 a.m. I not guess. the worst.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'll be 4
1: a.m. for us. <laughs> it'll be hell of a time on the west coast. Yeah, that kind
2: of but, Um You know what? But we made it that. work in Korea. We made it work in Korea, Japan, when, with the games at 2 a.m.
1: I, I, I was going to say, like, it, it's kind of that. But what, what I was going to bring up, and like why I talk about this is because they wanted to jam those four games into to a single day. The problem is that it makes the start of games really early, like. Un- you know, somewhat unbearably early uh, or unwatchably early in much of the US and unwatchably late in a lot of Asia. So like, you know, China, Japan, it's going to be like, I don't know, three in the morning or something by the, the last game of the night, day, whatever. Um, it just seems to me that very little of the world will have these games in... Um, kind of prime watching hours or at least common watching hours. Um, so
2: it's just yet another way, in which this world cup is just, it's, it's, a dumpster, fi- it's a dumpster fire designed. designed. It has been from day one. Um, just for, just for a little bit of uh, a, like a point of reference, Chicago is eight hours behind Qatar. Tokyo is six hours ahead. So it's a noon. So the noon start here or the 4 a.m. start for Chicago is noon in Qatar. Mm-hmm. It's already 6 p.m. in Tokyo. So you said the last game starts at 1 o'clock in Chicago?
1: Uh, 2 p.m. Chicago.
2: Uh, yeah, 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 1 o'clock Chicago. 1 o'clock yeah. Chicago. So it's a 9 o'clock start in Qatar. It's 3 a.m. in, in Tokyo.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, FIFA doing FIFA things. It, it just seems that, like, in their attempt
1: to, as they were trying to claim it, you know, Uh, show the the world that uh give more more places in the world an opportunity to have games and experience a world cup and things they're taking away the viewership from most of the world again at least the live viewership i mean you can always dvr it and things
2: i guess i keep coming back to the premise though it's if you expected this World Cup specifically to be anything more than oh, a shit show. Sh- be anything more than a shit show. You're fooling yourself. Um, do we want to place odds that it still happens in Qatar? <laughs> I'm not even convinced it will. I, you know, a- so every
1: every uh, every month that passes, it makes me think it it's all the more likely. Um, I suppose as of next summer, they could still. I mean, I mean
2: <laughs> not here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, the U S has always been a fallback because we can put on giant events safely and quickly know, without, without, yeah, without a build quickly. Up time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're certainly not in that position now. Who knows if we will be by then. Um, who knows if, while most of Europe is, is getting by, while well, most of the world is getting back to normal and could, host something like this uh, with with much less lead time um will they be willing to to move this next summer when who knows what what will be going on in terms of coronavirus or or whatever else you know i i think um, that may be part of the lasting effects of all this is that even once we've kind of resolved this one, I think there may be a larger fear about the next one. It may have finally struck home with people.
2: Perhaps, and that, and that's and that to me that's fair. I mean, when you think about it, and you're you're you still got a lot of things packed into next year. With I mean, you still have you've got the Olympics coming up. The Olympics, next year. the Euros. Yeah. and you've got you got the Euros, and then they got to turn and qualify after the Olympic and. A lot of catch-up going on in 2021 Un, under the presumption everything's under control. But if we've learned one thing about this is trying to guess the future is just probably yeah. not wise. But I I, I, do, I will predict this, and Pat, you can chime in if you disagree with this one. If there's a way to screw this up, FIFA will accomplish it with, with flying well, I think colors. they'll screw it up regardless. And then at the end of the day, if the United States is in there, we'll have a whole lot of, another list of things to bitch about, and we really won't care with the FIFA screwing everything yeah, else up to yeah. go with it. So
1: now you just gotta hope that they play your games uh, at times that are actually watchable for your country.
2: I'd like to say that, but I they, it didn't always work in Korea. I believe if I remember Korea, Japan right, like one game started at midnight, one game started at two, and one game started at four.
1: They were
2: in the group Yeah, state. I don't I don't remember the
1: the times anymore, but yeah, they were middle of the night basically.
2: That and again, that was before really cell phones had really taken off to that mm-hmm. level. I I remember calling my brother in the middle of the night and just talking then and so on. It was a whole lot of fun at that point too because you knew <laughs> you knew who was up and if you weren't you were waking their asses up and it was hilarious to watch. <laughs> Dude, I'm sleeping. Dude, the US is winning. Oh, I better watch this. You know, that it was that level of fun. But yeah, these so four AM, you know, four AM start. It'll be fine for us. Younger kids, eh, maybe not as much. Those that like to sleep in a little bit. So I think we'll survive it. But all right. Anything else going on in your world, Chris? Nah. You're done. All right, Pat, you got anything? Did we lose Pat? I think we maybe. lost Pat. I think we did lose Pat. I he must have something going on, but so I guess I'll finish up for Pat. Um, Hot Time, Pat can be found at Hot Time in Old Town. He's a senior editor. Anything Chicago Fire related, he's pretty much the top of the heap in that sense. He, he covers the team daily. He tries to get something out new every day at Hot Time in Old Town. Definitely click on it, read through it. Even if it's news and notes, it's always something you that you probably missed or were curious about anyway. So every Fire fan should be should be reading Hot Time. Um, Pat can be at Patrick McCraney. I mean, he might have fallen asleep, to be honest. He, like I said, he was on the road all day, antiquing and doing all sorts of old people stuff on his way through Michigan. So, um, on that note, I can be found at TJ Zaremba, minivan dab at minivan dab pod. Uh, look, for, look for. I'm looking forward to do it, covering the Red Stars this weekend and having a write up post game on that one. So, check it all out. And on that note, you're done. I'll give it up